Hey, how's it going, everyone? Cameron Drummond here. Welcome back to the Indiana Daily Student Baseball Podcast. Joined, as always, by Stefan Kreisnick, my co-reporter here inside Franklin Hall, to talk about all the latest and greatest IU baseball news. But today, we have a special four-man podcast. We are happy, ecstatic, actually, to be joined by <laughs> Taylor Lehman, baseball reporter for the Hoosier.com, part of the Indiana Rivals Network, and Austin Matricardi, the go-to baseball man for Indiana University Student Television. I guess I'll extend a welcome to all three of you right now. How are we all doing today? We're doing well. We're doing well. Fantastic, Cameron. Doing, doing well, Cam. I think people are, people are excited to hear a little less of our voices this week. I mean, I'm excited to hear less of your voice. Oh, same goes to you. Well, okay. Oh. So I guess maybe... A good, hostile start. Yeah, there's like corroding happening as <laughs> the, the beat <laughs> goes on. The chemistry going on here is tremendous, guys. <laughs> maybe we'll find some new chemistry with me and Taylor or, or me and Austin. How's that? No, no, we're not. I, I mean, I didn't have high hopes. You know, I'll it. leave the door open. Thank you, Taylor. Yep. You've, always been re- you've always been respectful for me. Well, Taylor's a senior, so. Okay. I only oh, have to uh, deal with you for two more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy for him to say that. All right. So <laughs> as, our, as our bickering banter may continue, let's get into the topic of IU baseball. Let's kind of recap the past week for the Hoosiers. They go 3-2 and two in their busiest week of the season. They played five games, picked up both their non-conference victories against Ball State and Notre Dame, but then lost their first Big Ten series of the season, dropping the final two games in Columbus to their Ohio State Buckeyes a one-run game in each affair, the last one on Sunday being an extra innings loss. So just, Stefan, to look at it real quick, bad week for the Hoosiers. They dropped from 8 to 15 in the D1 Baseball National Rankings. But, I mean, they were kind of bound for a slip-up at some point coming off what was, I guess, a nine-game winning streak before those two losses at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, you had a team that was coming in hot on a nine-game winning streak. There were 20 or, 20 or more games over 500, and, you, I mean, there was, you felt like at some point they had to lose a series or they had to slip up a little bit. I wouldn't be too concerned if I was um, IU. It's worth noting that in, in this series, Paulie Milto did not start. Um, we were told he stayed back because of arm soreness. So, uh, you know, you didn't have one of your top two pitchers with you there. Um, you're, in a, you're on the road against a tough Ohio State team. I mean, you and I talked before, you know, on the podcast before um, this series that it would be a tough weekend series going on the road to Columbus. So, I mean, overall, obviously, if you were the Hoosiers, you wish you had one more game. You want to win at least four of those, I guess. But going three and two, you can't be too upset. You just kind of got to move on from there. You got a lot of conference games coming up. You got uh, this week you're going to have a game on the road at Purdue, which is a non-conference game, and then a three-game series at home against Illinois. So a chance to pick up some wins there. Illinois and Purdue aren't the best teams in the conference, and you know being able to come back home will be a be a big deal for the Hoosiers. So. Overall, uh, overall, you can't be too upset with how the weekend series went, but but you would have liked to see some more wins. You guys, Austin Taylor, thoughts on the week? Uh, one thing that I noticed was during the Ohio State series, uh, the bottom third of the lineup just really struggled offensively. Um, I, th- I believe they only had uh, two hits and a walk between the between Jeremy Houston and Justin Walker, and then they squished there in the in the in the seven spot. So they're, I mean that that was huge when it came to these close. I mean they lost both the both the games by one run. I mean when when something like that happens, you hope to get at least a little bit more production out of the, that bottom third of the lineup. But Justin Walker went the entire series without getting a hit, mm-hmm. and and you just you can't have that on any part of your lineup, let alone out of Justin Walker down you know near Jeremy Houston. Those two guys have a lot of speed. If you get both of them on the base pads and Logan Kalitha, um, with, with his you know his fantastic on base percentage i mean you can you can do a lot of damage there just just get by getting on base a few times in the series 
Um, but that was the biggest thing that I noticed when it came to the the series of Ohio State. You know, they I mean, it's their, their first series that they lost this season. So right. um, I mean, that, that's just like, I guess that's the, the biggest thing offensively. Yeah, and that's really important, especially considering that they were coming off of a series in which that bottom third of the lineup was very good, actually. Yeah. You know, with the, the Northwestern series, and they had even been good dating back to the Purdue series, really. Um, so I, I think that that was really huge, like Taylor noted. Uh, the thing for me is that this was the first time that the Indiana baseball team has lost a three-game weekend series since they traveled to Purdue at the beginning of last April. Mm-hmm. It, so this would have been their 13th straight. So they won, they won or tied 12 straight weekend series, which is absolutely incredible, especially when you, you account for the fact that baseball can be such a random game at some times. It was really a, a stretch of dominance that uh, I think that needs to be recognized for this Indiana baseball team. And obviously not the result that they were hoping for this weekend, but like I said, baseball is a random game sometimes. Sometimes just things just don't work out in your favor. Right. I mean, even going into that, too, we mentioned the two losses that Indiana suffered to Ohio State were both one-run losses with the loss on Sunday coming in, I believe it was the bottom of the 12th inning, yeah. was the walk-off double by Ohio State. So mm-hmm. these were really razor-thin margins by which I lost those last two games. They won the, the lone game that they did win was Jonathan Seaver's start on Friday night, had another great performance, 4 nothing shutout victory for the Hoosiers. So I guess maybe you kind of really felt the impact, especially there on Saturday, of not having Pauly Milto there in the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, it, it seems like the Hoosier pitch just kind of ran into Noah McGowan at the wrong time in those last two games. He had the in the seventh inning of the of the first the Saturday loss, um, he broke the tie with the home run, and then he hit the walk off double in the extra inning game. I'm just seeing here. I think he had he had four, five, he had six, he had five hits this weekend against IU, and he's batting close, if not over 400 on the season. So they just seem to run into the wrong guy at the wrong wrong guy at the wrong times this season. And, I mean, that's going to happen. Sometimes guys will just come in, and, and you're going to go up against the wrong guy, and, and he's going to get the advantage sometimes. And IU hasn't really come across that situation this year. It's usually been Kalitha or Sowers or Feynman that's being that guy for, against other teams. So it, it, it's going to happen to you. Um, I mean, a lot of teams would be go if they went three and two in a week would probably be happy coming out, especially considering, like, Notre Dame, Ball St- we saw Ball State was a pretty decent team. Notre Dame was a decent team, and Ohio State obviously a pretty good team. So to come out 3-2 and two is really not bad. I think it's just we're looking at this because it's the first time this season that IU baseball wasn't dominant. So we're, we're kind of looking at that, and we're like, well, that's a little different. Maybe that's a little storyline there. But in the end, I mean, you go 3-2. and two, You can't be too upset about that, and there's a pretty good chance that they could go 4-0 and oh this week. So, I mean – just, it's a big week to just kind of get your get yourself back in that position that you were at, get your momentum back, and, and take advantage of some easier games this week. I, I think that, like you mentioned, Cameron, uh, this was a really bad weekend for Paulie Milto to miss. You know, he missed his Saturday start. He didn't travel to Columbus because his, you know he had arm soreness. And when you have that against a team that you're jockeying with for position in the conference standings, Ohio State, it, you really need those guys, those Pauly Miltos, to go out there and really contribute. So obviously having to move Beecham up a day from Sunday to Saturday and then put Heron out there on Sunday on four days rest, that's not ideal for Indiana. I think that we've seen 
so far this season when the Indiana pitching staff is on schedule when Stever makes his start and he pitches well, and then when Milto makes his start and he pitches well. That opens up so many different things for this Indiana baseball team that it's really, really hard to beat them. I, I think that we kind of saw Indiana baseball look a little more human this weekend, and, and that's because of the fact that Paulie Milto didn't pitch on Saturday. Right, and we talked about you know jockeying for conference position. They basically flipped Indiana and Ohio State their place in the Big Ten going into this series because IU was fourth, Ohio State was fifth, and now as a result, Ohio State moves into that fourth spot, and IU right now is tied with Purdue for the fifth spot in the conference. Taylor, what kind of just long-term ramifications could even just a minor blip like this has, assuming Indiana can correct itself and take care of business the rest of the way we've talked about the hard finish to Big Ten life that I is going to have this season leading up to the conference tournament? Um, I mean, it, it can have some long-term ramifications, but I really don't think this series is, is going to have any I – don't, I, don't I don't think anybody's going to look back and, and say, you know, if, uh, if they would have won, say, like, they, they had the, the, the winning run 90 feet away in extra innings and they couldn't bring it in in, in, in the series finale against Ohio State. But – if anybody looks back at that game, like, oh, if they would have won that game, they would have won the series, and that would have had them in this um, this type of a position. Um, I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I think there are more ups and downs that are going to come, you know, throughout the season for for this baseball team. I mean, they really need to start driving in runners from scoring position. I mm -hmm. mean, I mean, they left nine, 19 or twenty. There were two different numbers in those stats, but. Um, 19 or 20 guys on the base paths against Ball State. Yeah, in the in the in the post game IDS Sports video recap that never came to fruition, we mentioned there were 20 runners that yeah. they left on base, and so that I mean that was a problem going back to even a game that they won. I mean it did take right. them, what 14 innings, and that was part of the reason for it was their lack of being able to get runners from on base um, into a scoring position. But yeah. I think I th oh sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I think uh, was very enthusiastic there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think they're gonna make it over that hump. I think they're gonna start bringing guys in from running in, that are in running scoring <clears throat> that are in scoring position, and I, I I don't see them leaving 20 guys on in a game anymore. Right. So I mean if they can do that, I, I I just I just think that's the 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 biggest hurdle that they have to that they have to get over this season. I mean. When when uh, when you look back at, at you know several of their losses or even like near losses, um, just leaving guys on the base paths is, is seems to be the most um, consistent issue for this team. Yeah, I mean I think that that's been a big issue the entire season for the most part. Right. Indiana they've played so well and they've scored so many runs not because they've capitalized on their opportunities because but because they've gotten so many opportunities and that you know shows you how good this team is really i mean you know th they have managed to leave a lot of guys on base while still scoring a lot of runs which is very impressive but they could be scoring even more runs which is just something that's crazy to think about yeah and i mean i mean when you look at it they scored four runs in those first two games and five on sunday that's usually gonna i mean with this pitching staff that's usually going to be good enough to get you a win and it's just a rare situation where they had a 14 was it 14 innings against Ball State? Yeah, I mean I was there. So yeah, it was yeah. 14. I mean innings. I was there too, but it was it was a we, long time. We were time. all there. Well, Austin wasn't there. Oh, Austin wasn't there cuz Austin, Austin had some obligations that he had to tend to. <laughs> well, <laughs> so three I of mean, the four Hardy baseball media members <laughs> suffered through a 14 inning game against Ball State. We were there for five and a half hours. It's wild. Yeah, that was a long game. But I mean, when you look at that, that's the first time this year where IU has really gone deep into their bullpen. We always talk about how Steven Milto have those long Friday and Saturday outings, and the bullpen has always been so rested this season. I mean, you had a 
14 inning game on um, Wednesday, and then you come back. And that was right after a Tuesday night, an admittedly short Tuesday night game yeah, against yeah. Notre Dame and Indy. Yeah, and then uh, against Ohio State, I think Beachamp went only three and two thirds innings. So you're going into your bullpen again, and then um, Tim Heron didn't get you the outing you wanted either. Um, and in that Ball State game, it was 14 innings, and uh, the starter only went two, which was Connor Manis. He only went two innings. So I mean, they were deep into their bullpen. Cal Kruger, and I mean, we saw Saul Frank coming in in a, in a tie situation against Ohio State, where situation he hasn't really been in much of this year. I mean, we saw him in a little bit of extra innings against Ball State and looked pretty impressive, but. To come back again, another tough situation against Ohio State. That's that's a hard situation to put someone in. It just goes to show how deep into the bullpen the team had to had to go. And I mean, the offense offense was wasn't awful. I mean, it could have been better. They they had some opportunities they didn't take advantage of. But I think the offense did their part. It was more so the starting pitching on Saturday and Sunday. You know, Beachamp and Heron um, just didn't really show up how they have in the past. And I don't think it's cause for concern because you're going to have Milto coming back. Assuming, assuming he's coming back this weekend against Illinois, I mean, maybe we see him against Purdue. I don't know, but you, you, it's tough when you're going that deep into your bullpen, and sometimes you got to work around that. And you know, in postseason play, you might need to work around that. And they got a decent bullpen. It was just, I think it was just a tough week and tough scheduling. It all worked out not in IU's favor. Right, and for what's worth, IU still does lead the country in Team ERA at a 2.39 mark, which is a full point one better than Louisiana Tech in the number two spot. So, as a team, IU's been able to put together enough, you know, shutouts and enough stingy performances on the mound to get them that accolade. But I mean, this weekend against Ohio State just kind of just kind of fell apart just a little bit at the end. But I mean, shouldn't be anything too too bad in terms of their conference positioning or where they're going to shape up heading into Omaha. And in any way, do those midweek victories against Notre Dame and Ball State make up for losing a series? Uh, I'll, I'll leave that one open up to you guys. That's more of just a general question. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I don't really think so. I mean, it, it's always good to win games against in-state teams. And, you know, we've had this narrative for a while for the last few weeks that, you know, Indiana wants to own the state. And, you know, they've kind of proven that they have. Um, so I, mean, uh, I believe their only in-state loss this season has been that one loss yes. to Purdue. They they've won, I believe, every single other in-state game. Oh, so yeah. they they own the right. state. And their last game was just Purdue coming up in a day or yeah. two. So I mean, I mean, looking at that, you know, that that's great for them. You know, it's something that they talked about. They wanted as a team. They wanted to beat these teams. But when you look at it, I, I think that a bigger goal for this team is probably to win a Big Ten championship. And losing this series against Ohio State doesn't necessarily do them any favors in that regard, especially with how well teams like Michigan and Minnesota are playing. You know, we we've talked about Michigan a little bit already earlier today, Cameron. Uh, they are ten and zero in the conference. No, Mich okay. So let's get, let's get into the conference picture real quick. Michigan is eleven and zero in conference. The only team still undefeated in conference play, and they're now on a twenty game winning streak. Yes. And so they're number one in the conference. Then you go down the list. I believe Minnesota is number two. Yes, they're nine and two. And then third would be Illinois, nine and three. And then Ohio State, eight and four. And then you have both IU and Purdue tied for fifth place. Both seven and four. Right. And obviously, dropping two out of three in a conference series makes that path a bit more difficult for IU to win, whether it's a regular season or a Big Ten tournament title in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, and you look at it and. IU still has matchups left with Illinois and Minnesota. Those are both three-game weekend sets. Those are actually the next two yeah, say weekend ba sets. Back-to-back, -back, IU with a home series against Illinois this weekend at Bart Kaufman Field, and then next weekend a three-game set in Minneapolis. Those are going to be huge. But the thing that 
is not good for Indiana is that they don't get Michigan at all in the regular season. And if you want to catch a team that's undefeated in the conference, the easiest way to catch them is to play them. Indiana doesn't get that luxury. So basically right now, Indiana's hoping that the combination of Iowa, Rutgers, Illinois, and Purdue is going to be able to tack a few losses onto Michigan. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Considering how things have gone so far uh, – it's you're going, banking on Illinois primarily. You're, you're that, banking on you're banking on Iowa maybe giving them one loss and then Let's see Rutgers. I mean Rutgers put up a tough game earlier in yeah. the season against IU. It was like seven to six or something. Maybe yeah, back in non-conference play. Yeah. Maybe maybe Rutgers can maybe get in a cheeky little sneaky loss here or there and then you know That's maybe crazy. Illinois That's wins one or two. And, you're and you're then, banking on a lot of Michigan not running the table. You're banking yeah, on maybe yeah. going two and one in a couple yeah. of series, maybe losing and the series. The, to the Illinois. thing is, the thing is, is that. If we say that over the next four weekends, uh, Michigan averages one loss a weekend between Iowa, Rutgers, Illinois, and Purdue, that leaves them with four conference losses. You know how many conference losses Indiana has? Four. They four. would. They would. Four. I was doing the math there, and I yeah. didn't realize you actually said it earlier. Yeah. No. They've, they've, they've got four conference <laughs> losses, so Indiana would basically need to run the table in the conference the rest of the way. There is that one, you know, little. They had that canceled game. I think that if they ran the table the rest of the way, would winning percentage give them the conference, or would it go to Michigan? That's. I mean, banking on. Give me. I, give me one second to do the math, and I'll get back to you. You do on the that. math. You do the math there. You do but the math. I don't. I just don't. I don't see IU running the table. Not. I'm not to say that IU isn't a good team or something. But I. I mean, you got a, a weekend series at Minnesota, um, the weekend of May fourth. So do you really think they could sweep Minnesota? I mean, I mean, IU's got the capability. They got the talent to sweep Minnesota. Minnesota's a good team. I mean, you, I could see IU winning the series, but to sweep them, that would be tough. And then sweeping. At Nebraska and sweeping Maryland, I mean, it's possible, but I mean that. I don't, I don't the, really see how you running the table. That ending to the season looks a bit better than it had than it maybe did a couple months ago. Yeah. Looking at how poor, frankly, Nebraska and Maryland have been in Big Ten play so far. Taylor, you've been here longer than the rest of us have, so I'm assuming you have more wisdom on the <clears> subject. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. I'll I'll leave that up to I chance. Mean, I mean, yeah, I've been here longer, sure, but I just I, I mean I. The, the <laughs> basically just added yourself as the oldest person, but continue. That's fine. <laughs> the, the 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 thing that you need to keep an eye on is, is how the the home and away matchups. You know, how how, mm. how how who who IU welcomes in, and they're welcoming in, welcoming in Illinois, and they welcome in Maryland, and those are two series that I could see them potentially sweeping just because they are at Bart Bart Kaufman, mm-hmm. um, and, and just that IU's been IU's been strong at Bart Kaufman, so. Yeah. Um. Just going going to Minnesota and and I, I mean I think going to Nebraska they can pull out they can definitely pull out a series win there, uh. But going to Minnesota I think that's the most important most important series when you look at the the entirety of their schedule left. I mean Minnesota I mean besides being second in the conference they're also ten and six at home, which is a I mean that's a good record at, at home. So, uh. I mean IU is sixteen and three at home. It looks like yeah. I mean, second to Michigan being sixteen and one, that's the best record at home in the Big Ten. So, like like I said earlier, like the Illinois series, the Maryland series, those are two, especially the Illinois series. Um, that's that's something that they kind of need to get. They need to get that not just not just a series win, but a potential sweep if they want to have a chance at catching Michigan. But yeah, it is going to be really 
difficult for IU to, to, to catch Michigan with the the rest of Michigan's schedule looking the way that it is too. And I think I think if you're at IU, you can't start start looking at those things and start looking at trying trying to catch up to certain teams. You think you just got to go out there. You got to win the games that you're playing and control what you can do. And I mean. Austin was saying if they run the table, they might have a chance. So, I mean, go out there and run the table then. You, you know, you have the chance to do it. That's in front of you. I'm not saying that they will, but they could. And just go out there and play your game. You got Steven Milto um, pitching Friday and Saturday. And then. In theory, Milto, I guess. Yeah, we'll see what the arm yeah. looks like. See Steven Milto pitching Friday, Saturday, which gives you a good situation, not only those two games, but set you up pretty nicely for Sunday. And it's going to be big that they have no midweek games before that series against Minnesota. So. You're going to have your bullpen pretty rested, um, at least against Minnesota and probably against Illinois, too. So it's an opportunity to get some big wins. It's in front of you. You have the chance. Um, I wouldn't start looking at the people in front of you and just focus on what you're doing, focus on your game, and you're going to have a chance. Also, I want to I want to build on the, the, the point that I made just a second ago. I wanted to touch on Michigan's uh, performance on the road. They're 6-7 and seven on the road. Which Ooh, is, that's and wolf. It, and they're three of their mm-hmm. four remaining Big Ten Series mm. are on the road. I mean, good they, find, Mr. Layman. They get uh, they get Iowa in Iowa City. They get Rutgers at Piscataway. It, they welcome Illinois into Ann Arbor, and then they go to West Lafayette against Purdue. And I think just being on the road in general, I mean, that, you don't really hear about home field advantage in baseball that often. Yeah. But I think in in a case where Michigan's six and seven on the road, that's I mean, that's a big that's a big number. Yeah. I mean, that's something you can't ignore. We don't talk a lot about home field advantage, but it was actually. Watching the watching that last game at least against Ohio State, the Ohio State fans were pretty into it. And I think that that might be the first time this year where IU's had a pretty tough road environment. I mean, mm-hmm. I, against Iowa, maybe you can make the case, but the weather that was, that was more the weather, weather was awful. Yeah, havoc on but the Ohio State series. I mean, watching that game, it seemed like a good amount of fans came out and seemed like they were pretty loud and pretty into the game. And that's an environment that IU hasn't played in all season. So that's I mean, that's also worth noting. I have gone back and done the math. Mathematician Austin is back. If the Nerd. Michigan Wolverines Nerd. lose Nerd. four games over their final four Big Ten weekends, they will end with a record of twenty and twenty-four. That's as if they go eight and four to finish the season. That is if they go. I'm guessing four three-game series, eight and four. Yes. Okay. Eight and four just in their weekend series games. I mean, they have yeah. Weekend that, that's, too. Yeah. So that will leave them with an eighty-three point three repeating winning percentage. Mm-hmm. If Indiana runs the table, they will end with a 19 and 23 Big Ten record, and that will net them an 82.6 winning percentage. So, Indiana fans need five Michigan losses. Call it a year; it's not happening. End the season. It's it's not looking very (laughs) good good. for Indiana right now. It was a good run while it lasted. That's gonna make for some interesting scoreboard watching, just as the season goes down, though. Because as much as Indiana needs to like win as many games as they can they can't i mean they obviously can't help what happens with michigan but indiana fans need to be rooting against the wolverines yeah basically. they they do not control their own destiny in any way if they win right. a big 10 championship this year they're going to need a lot of things to happen and some of this i mean it's not entirely a product of indiana messing up a game here against uh iowa or a game against purdue or a couple games against ohio state i mean their schedule is just a lot harder. In terms oh yeah, of I mean, if you, yeah, yeah. 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 If you compare the two, it, Indiana's is significantly tougher. I would say. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a reason Michigan's atop the conference, but not cracking any top twenty-five rankings. Right. I mean, 
I mean, IU's still the highest-ranked Big Ten team. Minnesota snuck in at 21 in the D1 baseball rankings. But for what it's worth for RPI's sake, Indiana, 26th nationally in RPI, still the highest-ranked Big Ten team in that statistic. Yeah, I mean, you look at who Michigan has defeated thus far. They, they uh, swept Michigan State. They swept Northwestern. They swept They swept two games against Maryland. And then they swept Penn State. My favorite Big Ten baseball team, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah, so that's those are the four teams that they're undefeated against in their Big Ten slate so far. Uh, that's not exactly uh, conducive to be having a tough schedule, I guess I should say. Yeah, we don't really know who this Michigan team is at this point. I mean, the, the, that's a good point. In, in, the, in the Big Ten schedule, they're, I mean, just looking at their just how the schedule has panned out, I mean, they've had, it looks like, uh, two games postponed, uh, a game canceled, another game against Toledo canceled, another game against Delaware can't. Like the weather has obviously had a, had a huge impact on this team and its its resume. But even just like we were talking about the teams that they're playing, I mean Michigan State and Northwestern, Maryland's towards the bottom of the conference. And and look at look at the yeah, way Michigan started the season too. They lost, I think. What looks like six in a row. They had losses to Lipscomb to Lawrence Tech, which I don't know what that is. Wow, I'm assuming it's a oh, college yeah. baseball team. Maybe <laughs> not a, we it's not there. a high school team. It's <laughs> not yes. not a so, minor. So Michigan's team. just had a really Jekyll and Hyde season where they started out as cold as can be and now they're on fire. But yeah, I mean, there's just such a weird inconsistency with their schedule. Yeah, yeah, they, like yeah, like you were saying, uh, Cam, like the 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 seven. I think it was seven games. Yeah, the seven game streak there that they had was. A four-game series at Stanford, and then uh, which I mean Stanford's a very good team, but then the three-game series after that against Lipscomb. Mm-hmm. I mean, just they, that that I don't, I I really don't know how good Lipscomb is. I haven't looked into Lipscomb. I don't think I have either. Um, I just I I I'm a Lipscomb professional. <laughs> oh, then the, how, all how, things Lipscomb. How good how good are they, Stefan? They are good enough to be Michigan. Okay, <laughs> two out of three games. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as much as IU has to pay attention to Michigan, obviously this weekend's opponent opponent, excuse me, is going to be Illinois. They have a midweek game at home against Bradley before they come to Bloomington. Interesting. They um they played uh, a lot of non conference games the past little while. This past weekend series for Illinois was against Grand Canyon, and they actually lost two or three games to the. Oh, I completely forget what Grand Canyon's mascot is. I was gonna say the antelopes, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. I believe they are the ant eaters. The ant eaters. Oh, I don't know about the that. The ant eaters. Okay, well, we, we have internet. Yeah, you figure it out. But they also lost a midweek game to Valpo, another Indiana team, yep. before that series to Grand Canyon. So, what did they, Stefan? The region team. No, what's what's Grand Canyon? Oh, they are Thunder the Antelope. That is their mascot. That's, okay. that's the name of the oh, mascot. Oh, so maybe they are, are they are they the antelopes? Thunder the antelope. Uh, you know, I think it's one of the. Assume, right? There is another school that's the anteaters. It's not Grand Canyon though. It's like UCSB or something. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. I do have two notes before we move on to Illinois. Please one, go ahead. Lawrence Tech is a private university in Michigan that has a student body of two thousand one hundred and sixty-four, and at least nine of them combined to beat the Michigan Wolverines. Yes. In baseball. <laughs> My second note <laughs> is that I mistakenly uh, forgot that, or well, I guess. I, I forgot that Michigan had a game that was canceled. So mm-hmm. as far as conference standings go, they are on even ground with Indiana. Okay. So they Indiana still needs to win one more than – well, I guess they need to – they need – That's uh, what happens. This is what we get for math. They, they need Michigan to lose five games, okay. basically. The yes. more Michigan loses, the more Indiana yes. wins, the better it is yes. for Indiana. Indiana needs at least five losses if – 
Michigan doesn't end the season with more than four losses, they win oh, the championship over I mean, Indiana. Even just anyway. saying that that requires that Indiana sweeps the rest of the Big Ten series. Yes, exactly. so yes. Let's, so let's start with that next Big Ten series. Illinois this weekend at the Bart. Would you say Illinois is the toughest opponent IU's played in conference play so far this season? I don't know. I'd, I'd, say, uh, I'd say Ohio State. Yeah, I'd say oh Ohio yeah. State I, I think better. that uh, they lost the series to Iowa. Um, this might be IU's toughest home series all actually, season. They lost that series to Iowa at home. Yeah. Yes, they did. They were almost swept. The, their win came by one run. Yeah. I think that Illinois and Ohio State are pretty even right now. I think that they're they're of the same tier of teams. They're <clears throat> similar caliber team. Okay. I think that we've seen that a lot in uh, NCAA tournament projections as well. They're both kind of in that two seed, maybe a three seed range. I've seen a lot of places have them both as two seeds over the course okay. of the season. Something real quick before we go completely on Indiana for this weekend, just to mention, is that IU's been IU fell from I believe in the NCAA term projections from a number one seed hosting a regional to last week being part of the Lexington regional as a two seed. And now, would you expect them to stay at the two seed line or maybe drop to a three seed after dropping two or three to Ohio State? I don't think that there's any way that you can see the number 15 team in the country as a three seed. I think that that is that would be pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to see some pretty pretty solid logical reasoning behind that, and I don't think that there is any. Right, so you probably expect them to stay at the two. And the I would expect regional. them to stay at the two. Gotcha. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. Probably the Lexington Regional, but definitely the two seat. Gotcha. But now let's go into this weekend then. So you know, touching on each, let's go to each of you for this. Sure. What's one thing that you're looking for from this Indiana team this weekend in order to get that sweep of Illinois or even just win the series? But obviously the sweep would help them more in terms of the conference outlook. Uh, I think the one thing I'm going to look for is a strong, strong starting pitching from whoever it is going to be on Sunday, assuming that it's Steven Milto on um, Friday and Saturday. Uh, after that Ball State game and after this weekend series against Ohio State. Um, that bullpen needs some rest, and it's time for one of those starters to maybe go four or five in. I know Heron had that great game against Notre Dame, but you know, once again, touching up on Ball State and Ohio State, you want to see these guys go four or five, if not six innings um, on a Sunday. Um, and I think that could be big in the big scheme of things because let's say Milto is not starting again or something. Uh, that's a that's a a big win that you could get without Milto in the lineup. So. I think I want to see the whoever is being the Sunday starter, whoever is a non uh, Milto or Stever starter, go out there and pitch five or six innings. Steph is looking at the the Sunday starter, but I've got my eyes set on the Saturday starter. I'm looking for Paulie Milto. That's my big thing to watch this weekend. Is he going to pitch? And if so, you know how is he going to affect this series? Mm-hmm. He, you know, I, I've said this plenty of times. I think that he's kind of the rock of this pitching staff. John Stever is very good. He might be the ace, but Paulie Milto is equally important, just as you know that, that second option, making sure that things you know stay steady. He can be kind of a, a stopper for you know maybe you know if things get down for Indiana baseball. I think that he's a guy that you can throw out there, and he will give you a chance to compete every single time he pitches. So I, I think it's very important to have him. I mean, he's got a 183 ERA on the season. He's thrown 54 innings. He struck out 45 batters. And in every single start, I believe, this season, he's he's only had really one bad start, you know, in air quotes, and that was right. against San Diego when he gave up six runs 
in 4.2 innings, but well, Iowa too. He also was real. Iowa, the, Iowa yeah, Iowa, Iowa, was weather influenced. Iowa, yeah, weird. that was weather influenced and things like that. And you know, they they talked about that. Uh, Lamonis, uh, you know, saying that he couldn't really get a good grip on his slider because it was so cold. That was a, a one that was a little bit touchy too. Uh, but other than that, he has been nails this season, and I, I think that he is crucial for this ball club. I think that if they have a chance to sweep this weekend, Paulie Milto is going to play a huge role in that. I was going to say um, the Friday and Saturday starters, uh, Jonathan Stever and Paulie Milto, I think I would expect one of them, you know, kind of knowing how big the series is, to try to go out there and pitch eight or nine innings, at either one of them. I know Jonathan Stever's had two straight seven-inning shutout performances, um, maybe extend that into eight innings um, just to help out the bullpen for the Sunday start like Stefan was talking about, keeping their arms rested, um, and, and especially Tim Heron because, Tim, I mean, Tim Heron, he pitched, with, I think it was mm-hmm. 10.1 innings between yeah. his midweek start against Purdue and then against Ohio State. Uh, just maybe keep maybe keep his start on Sunday a little shorter too with, with help from the bullpen. But um, but what I did want to point out was Justin Walker. I think Justin Walker, I mean, obviously he's – He's proven that he can be a better batter than 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 a batter that goes hitless in a, in a three game series, um, and then he also had an error too. I, I think just I, I think I think he can play better than what he is right now, and um, just with him being a third and, and switching in between second and short and um, kind of adjusting to those positions, I think it's it's kind of uh, maybe wearing on him mentally a little bit of I mean, just being a freshman, but. Uh, I, I think I think if he has a good performance at the bottom of the lineup mm-hmm. this weekend, then they can they can definitely put up some runs. Um, but I also wanted to mention Grant Sloan, and Grant Sloan really? okay. he had 2.1 innings on Saturday, strong innings, and he's I mean he hasn't given up a run yet, and he's pitched 9.1 innings this season, and I, I believe it's six appearances, but he has a really strong off-speed pitch and an even better breaking ball. And I think he's definitely going to be a reliever that they can lean on going into postseason play this season. This, I mean, he hasn't. I mean, he's a freshman, right? So he hasn't yeah. uh, a ton of experience. You think you could maybe lean on him even something like innings in the Big Ten tournament or something like that? Yeah, I, I really do. I think so. I, I think the one thing that I've noticed about Grant Sloan is the confidence that he exudes on the mound. I mean, he he looks like he knows he can strike out any batter that steps into the box. I mean, just just the way that he carries himself. Um, you know, before and after pitches, and and I mean his stuff is there. The right. stuff's there, and it's just whether he can he can get it in, and uh, and he's proven that he can so far. And whether I mean it was just I I I think I mean I guess Ohio State he pitched well, but uh, but yeah I was I've definitely been watching Grant Sloan in, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, not, oh, sorry, I, go ahead. Go, going back to a point that Taylor was making. Uh, about Justin Walker specifically, he's coming off this run of really great play, and then you know against Ohio State, he kind of hit that slump. I think that a big game for him is going to be uh, this midweek that's coming up, like at Purdue, because you know he's from Lafayette, so he's technically, in a sense, getting to go home, and maybe you know he'll have some he'll have support there. His dad you know. played at Purdue, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes he did. So. In a sense, he's you know kind of going home, and he'll get to play in front of a, what should be a relatively friendly crowd to him. So I, I think that this is an opportunity for him to kind of maybe settle back in, get ready for this Illinois series that's coming up. Uh, we saw something similar happen. I, I believe Coach Lamotis was talking about it uh, last week or the week before with Tim Heron, 
uh, when they went up to Indiana State, you know, they threw him against Indiana State and just kind of let him settle back in, you know, kind of get comfortable again. And that was really when he kind of turned the corner and started being more productive this season. We've seen a big change for Tim Heron over the last few weeks since that Indiana State start. Right. I mean, the one point I want to touch on just as my offering before we get off the air here is just Matt Lloyd only had two hits this past weekend. Both of them came in the Sunday game where he went 2-for-5 at the plate, but he was 0-for-3 on Friday, 0-for-4 on Saturday with two strikeouts. I still feel like we haven't seen him really get into gear so far this season. Do you think that's fair to say? I believe that that's completely fair to say. I, I think that Matt Lloyd, we all know, is a very good hitter. Uh, we just haven't seen uh, him consistently at his best. Uh, he had a pretty decent series against... Northwestern. I mean, set it up for how you play, really. I mean, exactly. That's, you know, kind of the point. But we haven't seen Matt really play his best. We know that he's a very useful utility player. He can do it all. He, you know, he does a lot of things very well for this Indiana team. We just haven't seen him really put it all together this season. You know, as you can see, he's only hitting 261. He, you know, he only he, he has six homers. So the thirty-eight strikeouts stand out to me. Yeah, he he's had a bit of an up and down season. Uh, I I just don't know when exactly we're gonna see Matt Lloyd really lock it in and produce like we know that he can because I I think he's having an all right season, but he could be having a good or great season. Right, and not to like devalue his importance to the team, but in terms from the pitching aspect, the IU bullpen's been so good around him, and specifically Cal Kruger is almost taking over that real number one closure position to where Matt Lloyd isn't as much of a dual threaty as he maybe was last year, too. Yeah, and I mean, I think a big part of that is we've heard Coach Lamona say this, that, you know, with him playing in the field and, you know, going to the plate, there aren't as many opportunities as they'd like to get Matt out to the bullpen and get him warmed up, things like that. So I, I think that Cal Kruger has been important and he kind of has taken that number one closer role just because... They don't have to work around him playing in the field and him hitting and things like that to get him warmed up. They can just warm him up whenever they want. I think that they've tried to get Lloyd on the mound recently. In recent weeks, they've done a decent job of it, too. So I think that that'll be important, especially as we get towards the postseason, because once tournament play starts, it's all hands on deck as far as pitching goes, because you need as much depth as you can get if you want to make a deep run. Right, and... Just, I guess, final thoughts here, guys. Let's take a look at the weekend coming, or the week, I should say, coming up for IU. We have the midweek game, non-conference at Purdue, and then the three-game home series against Illinois in Big Ten play. Just go around the table here. Stefan, predictions out of the four games. What record does IU come out of the week with? I'll say 4-0. I, I think they'll, I mean, Purdue played a pretty tough series against IU here. They won. I mean, the, they took they, a game, yeah. They took a game, and then the last game went what was 12 or 13 innings and came with the Logan Kalitha walk-off. So, I mean, Purdue's a good team, and we saw Illinois. I mean, they're up there in the standings. So, but I'll, I'll say I'll say they go four zero. I think it'll it'll just be a matter of kind of getting themselves back mentally and um, kind of getting back into that hot streak that they had before the Ohio State series. A lot of it depends on if Pauly Milto pitches Saturday against Illinois. But I will say that um, I think Illinois will come out with at least one win against IU. I think IU will go three and one. I think they'll handle the game at Purdue. Um, and then obviously with Steve on Friday, I think I think he'll be fine. And then if Milto pitches, he'll he'll be fine too. But even if he doesn't, I think they can pull out um, a, a win there. But the Sunday games, 
they've obviously played or they've obviously won on Sundays. You know, they were well, in the Well, I forgot to mention so this, but this, this past weekend, that would be the first Sunday this season I used lost. Yeah. It, it, it was, yes. Yeah. yeah. First time they lost in those they Sunday were, Reds. They were the Sunday Reds? Yeah, yeah, they did. They mm-hmm. did. They lost in the Sunday Reds. Wow. But they well, even Tiger Woods continued lost to have some some struggles there at the at starting pitching on Sundays. And that's something that they're definitely going to have to rein in before the end of the season. I think that starts this weekend. Uh, for me, I'm going to say 3-1. and one. Uh, I, I don't know where they drop the game. I oh, think so you don't know if it's Illinois or the midweek. I don't because I, you remember the last time that Indiana traveled to Purdue, they dropped two out of three. Uh, Purdue is a, a very pesky team. I that's I've tried for a while to figure out what the best adjective for this Purdue team and program is. <laughs> I think it's pesky. It's just the brand of baseball that they play, uh, the, the way that they execute certain things. It's kind of bothersome yeah it's kind of the brand that they're building up there they're they're the pesky little team that you know might not be the best in the big 10 but they're gonna give you a hard time so i i think that that'll be one to watch i think uh indiana might not it's not a guaranteed win in any sense especially with it being a rivalry game but i think between purdue and illinois indiana will drop one somewhere i'm just not sure where yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two and two, and I don't know where those two losses come from. I, th- I think there's a very significant chance they drop that midweek game against Purdue, especially if there's continued uncertainty about who's gonna be the starting pitcher. Especially if maybe there's something there about Milto and Chris Limonis has to kind of move around whoever that midweek starter is gonna be to account for that. I think there's a really high chance of dropping the game if you have a real unusual character starting that that game on Wednesday. And I think Illinois is at least good for taking one game off Indiana at the weekend. I think it, I'll, 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 or I'll say that um, my 4 and okay, I'm assuming Milto starts. Yeah. And do you guys think there's any chance Milto starts on Wednesday? No. Mm. You think they'll save him for Saturday? I think, I think you save him for the Big Ten series. Yeah. So who do you guys, who do you guys think would start on Wednesday? Then? That's the question That's I was getting question. ready to ask, actually. I, I think that it's interesting. Manis again? I, I think Manis I think is yes. probably the lead candidate. Salt Frank, Salt Frank is did did impress when he went into the deep deeper part of the game against Ball State. I think that Salt Frank is another candidate to get that start. Um, if you wanted to go with you know some dark horses, maybe maybe look at Brian Hobby or Nick Eaton. I was gonna say when when we get a little Nick Eaton action. Well, I, been, I think that a long, long at while. some point in this season we're gonna have to see Nick Eaton get a start. I you would think. I thought it would have come early in the season against some of the, you know, maybe the weaker non-conference teams, like maybe like a Western Illinois. Or Northern Illinois. Or a Northern Illinois. Or any but, of the directional Illinois. Yeah, but <laughs> it, we, we never saw Nick Eaton get a start, and this is this is a kid that's been starting his whole life, uh, had a great high school career, and then he's working out of the bullpen and not getting much time here, and people have said that, you know, he's a potential future Friday night starter for this Indiana team, mm-hmm. so... And, and he has that potential, so I, I'm kind of interested to see is Wednesday possibly the spot where maybe he gets in there and he gets the start? I mean, there's still a couple midweek games to go before the end of the season. Um, maybe, I would think if you would want to get Nick Eaton a, a, a game, it would probably be in Bart Kaufman, which that means it would have to be Kentucky on, looks like, May 8th. Um, that, that's, that's the only home midweek game that they have left, so I mean, I... I, I yeah, I definitely get your point that they want to get Nick Eaton to start. But I would definitely say, like, you know, a later later season non-conference game in Bart Kaufman, that could potentially be the spot for him. But um, Sounds like Kentucky to me. A freshman against Kentucky. There's not, I mean, there's be, not many other non-conference midweekers left at Bart Kaufman. 
Does that, I mean, it doesn't have to be bug bounty. We'll have to see. Or, or at, we, you reschedule, reschedule a game or something that got canceled. <laughs> bring back that Ball bring State back. game in Muncie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but I think I think it'll be I think it'll be Connor Manis. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be Manis. I just wanted to throw a few other options out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I mean, if he threw out Milton, I'd be very surprised, but it wouldn't be the worst thing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all gonna, it's a lot of what happens over the next four games for Iowa baseball is gonna come down to the health of Polly Milto, whether he starts on Saturday, whether Chris Limonis has to shuffle the lineup based upon his health and his arm soreness or however he's progressing with that. But so we got a four no from Stefan. A three and one from both Taylor and Austin Matricardi, and I'll go two and two for the incoming week for IU baseball. Thank you all for for joining us. I know this livened up the podcast a little bit, having someone other than me and Stefan just draw along about the team for a bit. Uh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, yeah, it was good. A, a, gl- a glowing review from Austin Matricardi wow. as he strokes his goatee menacingly in the podcast studio. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening, as always, and be sure to keep it locked on IDSnews.com and at IDS underscore sports on Twitter for all your IU baseball needs for the next week. Hoosiers in action against Purdue in the midweek and then Illinois this weekend. Thanks for listening. Take care.